Welcome to the Woolpack. For more information, please visit our website. Okay, so when was the last time you or someone you know was discipled? Just curious. Because if you think about the disciples in the Bible, they followed Jesus for three years, at least. And during that three years, they were with him every day. They ate with him. They traveled with him. They, you know, saw the conversations he got into with different people, with, like, religious leaders and then just, you know, regular people. They saw miracles. They had private conversations with him where they asked him questions, you know, about different things. It was three years of, like, intense learning and observation for these disciples, and then they were sent out to share the gospel. So, obviously, discipleship can be applied to other areas of life as well. Discipleship is basically where you are under the teaching of someone, you know, you're following them and their teaching. It's a very humbling experience because you, you know, you have to admit that you you know, you need to learn from this person. You have to be willing to surrender to this person and their leading and their teaching. And it's all very good. But it is extremely lacking, I think, both in the church and our culture at large today. And it's something that we desperately need because we can't expect to just, for example, we can't expect to just, you know, start following Jesus and in that second be able to just, you know, answer any questions, you know, you know, go out and just talk to anyone. You know, we we need to learn. And the same thing applies to, you know, other areas of life. We can't expect to just, you know, take a class or do this or that and then, you know, just expect, you know, just think that we can just go out and do this stuff great, you know, as good as like a professor. You know, when we've only had like one class, but oh yeah, I'm, I I'm, I know as much as the professor. Like, no, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and admit that, look, we need to learn. This person is far more knowledgeable than me, and I need to listen to them. I need to take the time and listen to them. And it could be, it could be a few months, it could be a few years, but if this is really important to us, if it's really important to us to you know, learn this thing and to really make sure we know about it and to really make sure that we, you know, are in the right place, then we should be willing to humble ourselves and follow someone else and their teaching. And I really just think that discipleship is such a lost, um, you know, just, I don't know, like, like a lost act or a lost practice and it's something that we need to bring back, not only in our culture, but in the church as well. So I have been training our dog, and it's been going well. I, I need to, like, still need to learn how to... His recall is very, very bad. You say his name, and he kind of, like, he hears you, but he ignores you. Like, you know that he hears you when you say his name. But he's just like, yeah, 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 I don't care. I'm doing my own thing. So I need to learn how to, you know, work on his recall and... Also, his distraction. He gets distracted very easily. Um, he's hes under two years old, so it's not like he's still young enough that it should be pretty easy to, you know, break those habits and, you know, fix those things. But it got me thinking about how people will train cats. Now, I have a cat, and honestly, I don't think she would let me train her even if I wanted to. Um, you know, she's cats. cats are very much like, I'm going to do things my way. 
and you're just going to have to deal with it. Whereas dogs are like, hey, I might try to do things my way, but you know what? What do you want? You know, dogs are kind of more negotiable. Um, but I've seen where people will train their cats to like fetch um, or they'll train their cats like to do tricks, like sit or even shake like with their paw. And I'm always, I've never looked up like how they do that, but I'm always curious because dogs and cats are so different. How, how do you do that? Um, it just, it's just so interesting to me, but it makes me think of like how, you know, dogs are just so, they're just so willing to just do whatever. And cats are just more stubborn. And it is, you know, I guess you could, you could apply a life lesson to that. Some of us are like dogs, you know, we're kind of very humble and willing to learn. And some of us are like cats, we're very prideful, we think we know it all. And, you know, we're like, hey, you know, I'll teach you instead of you teach me kind of thing. <laughs> but it's it's very interesting. I, again, I still don't think my cat would let me train her. I don't think she would care at all. Um, and honestly, people who train cats, they got to have a lot of patience. Um, I give I give them a lot of credit because dog training can be difficult enough, but cat training, yeah, that sounds like a challenge. That's yeah, that's a lot. I have been reading and studying the Case for Heaven Lee Strobel's book. This is the second time I've read it, and I'm just kind of taking it slowly, going through it, taking notes, studying. But there's a part in chapter five. It's on page one twelve where they're talking about um, like what heaven will be like, what are, what our homes in heaven will be like, um, sort of a more biblical picture of heaven than what a lot of people have. And this guy that he's interviewing men says that he pictures our homes in heaven having a veranda for fellowship and a garden for retreat. So if you don't know what a veranda is, it's basically like a big front porch. And, you know, you can fit a lot of people there. You can have, like, benches there. Um, they're, they're much, you know, they're fairly big and very, fairly long. They go, like, across the whole house, front of the house. And they really are a place, because you're out in the front of your house, it really is a place where you could sit out there and you could greet your neighbors. You can wave hi to people. And it's um, really a place more of fellowship and community because you're out in the open. You're like sort of, you know, for lack of a better term, you're like exposed to the community, to the neighborhood. And he was saying here, I'll, I'll just quote really quick. I'll just read this part really quick. It says, a church leader studied the history of architecture in New Zealand and found that before World War II, homes were built with verandas where people would sit in the evening with their family to greet passerby and invite them to stop and chat. But verandas tended to disappear after the war. They were replaced by gardens in the back of the property where people would retreat from the rest of the world. And this makes me think of the loneliness epidemic that we are having in several places in the world, basically the whole world. And just how many people are looking for community. They're looking for a place, not only where they feel like they belong, but just people that they can talk to, that they can hang out with. Even if, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but just, you know, just people you can get together with and share a laugh or tell a joke. But how so much of what we've, what we've brought in has removed more and more of those areas of community and fellowship. And we were designed... You know, whether you believe in God or not, humans are social creatures. We need fellowship. We need community. And, but think about it. You know, instead of having front porches now, we have back porches. We stay at the back of our house where we're hidden from everyone. Now we have, you know, social media and our cell phones. And look, I use social media. I have a cell phone. I think it's amazing technology. I love it. But I do also see the flaws in it at times. And I can get addicted. 
But there's just so much that we've brought in that we keep calling new that really is just, you know, chipping away at the fellowship and community we had that now, you know, we're left just in our homes, just alone in our homes. And even if we're living with other people in our home, we're still kind of alone because, you know, they're on their device or they're doing, they're in this room watching this, you're in this room doing that. So even in our homes, when we're living with other people, we're separated. So it's like we're just keep removing all these things that, you know, that connect us. And we're replacing with things that disconnect us, that, you know, that pull us away from each other. And, you know, we, we are social creatures and, you know, we, we need community. And I just like the idea of, of simple thing like a veranda, a front porch where you can greet the neighbors, you know, puts you out there. And you don't, even if you don't have a front porch on your house, maybe you don't, maybe you just have an apartment, but what can you do in your life? What can you, what change can you make? That will put you like on the front porch, put you out there where you're going to have to interact with people, where you're going to have to see people because we all need fellowship and we want it. We need it. We crave it. And, you know, maybe there's a lot of things, you know, that have been taken away from us, but there's also a lot of things that we can get back and fellowship and community is one of them. So what can you do to have more fellowship with people? You know, anytime you read through the Gospels, one of the things you're going to notice is that almost every time after Jesus does some amazing miracle in front of a bunch of people, the Pharisees or, you know, you know, religious leaders, it like will immediately say that right after this, they witnessed this miracle, they went out and they started thinking of how to kill him. And it's just so amazing to me how they could be so stuck to their worldview, so stuck to their way of living, that even when seeing a miracle, they still were like, no, we got to kill this guy. This is just, this goes against what we, what we've been preaching or what we've been teaching the people. And I don't ever want to be that stuck in something. I want to be humble. You know, I want to be like the people who sat at Jesus' feet, who listened, you know, and none of the religious leaders ever sat at his feet. They were always just standing or just, you know, sitting at the table with him. They never humbled themselves to listen and to learn. And they were just so set in their ways that they they just missed everything. And I think there's a, an amazing lesson there, not only about being humble, but just how dangerous it can be when we get so set in our ways. Because we can get to the point where we want to kill, maybe not people, but we want to kill other ideas. We want to attack. And every time we approach something that's different, even if it's not a threat to us, but just different, we we come at it with, you know, wanting to attack it instead of wanting to sit humbly and listen. So that's my question. Will you sit humbly and listen? Will I? Will any of us? We're willing to be humble and listen. And... You know, listen to Jesus, listen to teachings, and learn, and be humble about these things. There's a proverb, it's Proverbs 20, verse 21, and it says, An inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Now, I like to gain things hastily. You know, I've been practicing the piano, and honestly, I would like to be at expert level after the first couple lessons, but that's not really realistic. 
But when we gain things hastily, I think we miss out on two important things. The first thing is that when you gain something fast, you, you tend to not value it very much because you, you gained it so quickly, it was so easy for you to get, that you don't put a lot of value into it. So you don't appreciate it as much. The second thing is that, for example, if you're taking piano lessons, you may think you're just taking lessons, but really you're learning, you know, patience, endurance. You're learning to sit still and enjoy the music. So there's so much more going on through the process of learning that we miss out on if we're, if we're fast or if we're too hasty. So I think instead of being hasty, we need to slow down and whatever we're doing, whatever we're learning, just enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Wolfpack Podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Wolfpack, if you would like to submit things to the Wolfpack or even join the Wolfpack, please visit our website. Thank you and God bless.